0: podcast under the stairs. Oh ladies and gents, welcome, welcome, welcome. You are listening to episode number 262. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. Upon this episode we are doing our last movie in the American Horror Project box set. That is right, in that little box set. For all y'all out there, we'll be looking at The Child from 1977, I think that's the year. That kind of rings a bell. I'm sure it's 77. Uh, Yeah, it's 77. And I'll be joined by Derek, my good buddy, who's been all the way right through this entire series with me after the first break. Now we are swinging in hard and heavy back to back episodes now, pretty much coming every single day so hopefully you are keeping up with us if you're listening to us right now. This episode is dropping on a Friday, Friday, gotta get down on Friday, that's right Uh, and we have a ton of episodes in the works for you ladies and gents before we finish up on the 24th of december still to come for you dropping tomorrow is the jun ho convo hits from the bong it's a bong jun ho entire filmography retrospective discussion with myself bo ransdell and doug tilly on sunday 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 we're looking at frightmare which is the 39th disc in the slasher classics collection on Monday it's the last listener choice episode of the year and we're doing Muppets Christmas Carol on Tuesday it's the next true crime documentary the last one in our series we're looking at Cropsy. you guys chose it, I will cover it on Wednesday it's Movie Club we're doing The House on Skull Mountain uh, which is your listener reviews of said movie and then on Christmas Eve it is our Christmas Eve commentary on Thursday we are dropping a little bit of Warlock myself, the Baz and the two Lushies from scott liam versus evil that's what you've got in store for you hopefully you enjoy over on that Teapots collective you should be getting either today or tomorrow an episode of where to begin with giallo um, we're doing our last one in that series oh but we're talking about bay of blood right it's gonna be fucking awesome and here are your reviews for a previous movie that we covered forward to hearing a little bit what you guys made of what have you done to Solange Um, what else do we have we have another opera Omnia and some doing the nasty also dropping like closely behind that so keep your eyes peeled for that before that too closes its doors on Christmas Eve okay let's take a short break you're going to hear promos for shows I love you're going to hear the trailer for The Child from 1977 when in return I'm joined by Derek and we are going to sit down and discuss that movie right after this You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension of not only a film and sound, but mind. A journey into an auditory movie review adventure that must be experienced to be believed. There's a signpost up ahead. Your next stop, the Doomsday Clock. You can extract the Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock podcast by either searching for W-Y-C-H on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and on your Android device, which versus the Doomsday Clock is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. So prepare yourself, the podcast ice is gonna break!
1: The face of an angel, the heart of a killer, the power of the devil. I
0: want to know who you're meeting in the cemetery.
1: I don't have to tell you anything. I'm going to work for them. I'm going to take care of Rosalie Norton. The death of parents when a child is rather young, it leaves you feeling so alone. I have friends. They do favors for me. What kind of favors? You'll find out.
0: Stay right here. I'll be right back.
1: All right, who's in here? Hurt you both! Hurt you bad! The child wants to play hide-and-go-kill. Who's in here? Her power is unearthly.
0: You go away, Rosalie! Go away and leave me alone!
1: Her acts, monstrous. Her secret, electrifying of unspeakable evil. Ah! Ah! The child, a terrifying thriller. Ah! Ah!
0: Welcome back ladies and gents So yep, we have arrived at the final disc of the American Horror Project For now, I mean if Box Set 3 arrives somewhere in the future I dare say we will reconvene and do the Lord's work and go through another three movies Uh, Joining me, as he has been through this entire series is my good buddy Derek Derek, we are finally at disc number 6 You did tell me this one was a bit strange and I will... I will go on here and say that you were not fucking lying to me. This one is strange. How you doing, buddy?
1: I'm pretty good, Duncan. Like I was saying off here, Friday the 13th, part two, greatest movie ever. <laughs> That's a little secret to what's going on. But yeah, I'm fine, you know. Feeling better than I did yesterday, so that's always good.
0: <laughs> it's always better when you feel better than the day before. Um yeah, so we've I can't it honestly doesn't feel like we started this all that long ago, and this is at the end of this one. Um the final disc in the American horror project, as curated by one Stephen Thrower, um, is a little movie called The Child from nineteen seventy-seven. On the back of the box it says From the Bad Seed to Bloody Birthday, the Killer Kid movie has long been the staple of the horror genre. But they don't quite uh, but they don't come quite as devilish and downright delirious as the 1977's The Child, now unleashed in Blu-ray for the first time. Young and the names are just like convoluted as fuck. Uh, young Ann arrives in an isolated old farmhouse to look after her new charge, Rosalie. A curious girl who lives with her dist- <laughs> Her equally disturbed and disturbing grandfather, uh, father, sorry, and surprisingly normal brother, which is an understatement, he was the only character in this one that actually behaved like a human. Um, but as soon as it becomes clear that Alicia Ann is going to be uh, in, in need of more than one sort of assistance, as it transpires that this little girl wields the uncanny power to raise the decrepit residents from the local graveyard to conduct her wicked bidding. As ethereal nightmare cut from the same cloth as the likes of Messiah of Evil or Let's Scare Jessica to death, I think they're pushing that, but um the child from director Robert Vosknen and producer Robert like, every name is just difficult. Robert Dads Those goddamn Armenians. Yeah is <laughs> a superlative example of dream logic terror and an essential entry in the canon of seventies American. I don't know if "essential" is the word I would use. Um, so yeah, I think mean, like genuinely was baffled by this movie. Like until it found its groove about what fifty minutes in, before it finally finds a rhythm. And up until that point, it is all over the fucking place. I mean, this is like this is like a, a, a driver who falls asleep behind a wheel. And the car is just swerving between lanes almost knocking people over um, there's and there's a few things that kind of stood out to me and we're, we're gonna kind of essentially the movie it ends up being very much a Night of the Living Dead kind of rip off uh, towards the uh-huh. end for lack of a better term uh, which I'm, I'm not I'm not actually against and to be honest a lot of the zombie stuff worked quite well for me. Um, but. Like the whole run-up is just it's messy, sloppy, um it's it doesn't add anything. So we have like really bad sound design. I mean like really, really fucking bad sound design in that we have our, our women walking through the woods at the beginning and there's like what this wind sound effect. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and not 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 a branch is moving. Like not, not a branch not a tree, no one's here and this keeps playing while she's having these conversations in the background um, the old woman that she meets doesn't speak like a normal person and she constantly looks like she's kind of looking off camera to see to make sure she's got a line right, like all the way through this, just not, not kind of normal um, our main character, like the delivery, the acting delivery's like just off centre in a, a kind of unsettling way, where it you know, like I'm trying to think of a, a modern comparison would be something He'll
1: like Deer.
0: Yes, exactly. It would be. It'd be uh It'd be like a Janus movie where you'd be sitting going right, and everyone speaks, but it's like that all the way through this movie. No one really acts or speaks human, and then you've got this creepy girl who, from the moment you meet her, you're like, "All right, she's evil." Let's burn her. <laughs> like, just like from the opening, as soon as the camera comes on, I was like, "Well, no good will come of this." um the soundtrack is all over the fucking place it's fucking nuts it's like so fucking crazy and um like this is this comes out the same year as Suspiria right so there must have been something in the water in 77 where the like intense music should play over nothing happening um because there's a couple of moments where the music is just going absolutely fucking crazy and I'm, i'm watching what's happening on the screen and it's it's pedestrian in comparison um the movie, like really, just does a lot of set up that there's something creepy going on in the woods. People don't like going on in the woods. Something's maybe killing off people in the surrounding area, but we don't know what it is. And maybe this little girl knows more than she should, until about the fifty-minute mark, where it starts to lean towards. Well, maybe this is a zombie movie, and then from there, like I say, the movie kind of finds a bit of a groove that I kind of got into I felt myself relaxing a little bit but you know we're pushing the hour mark before I'm like right I, I now I'm fully comfortable with where the movie's going and then it carries along with the the kind of the siege zombie stuff that you're going to get in every zombie movie post Romero and it ends in a way where it's kind of like the twist on the theme of the old dead um Night of the Living Dead where we're going to kill off a quote unquote innocent character but in this one she's fucking evil Um, and we're just it's just abrupt and then credits and I kind of sat in like a a stunned silence for a good like 15 minutes after this movie finished (laughs) just trying to kind of process what I'd seen because I think there are many flashes of greatness in this movie Um, specifically the camera work the camera work is like evil dead before evil dead um, there's a couple of like tremendous moments in the barn towards the end where like the siege is happening with the zombies, where the guy is attacking someone through a I think it's like a peep hole in the barn door, and the camera is taking the point of view of the zombie, and we're seeing this kind of effect over as he's coming towards, as he's trying to stab through this hole to get the zombie, and the camera work there is pivoting between the two viewpoints, and a really fucking disorienting and a really interesting sort of way, and with the sim track, it really works, but by god does this movie take so fucking long to go anywhere and we can't chalk it up to being a slow burn for like character development or anything because everyone in this movie is pretty much two-dimensional like right to the very end like no one really has much of any sort of depth and it like I say it benefits it if this was just a straight out zombie movie I don't need a lot of depth there I'm just kind of mm-hmm. trying to make sure my character survives but the fact it plays it off is this woman is coming to look after this kid who you know maybe maybe is disturbed because look at her fucking dad her dad's weird um, and maybe she's here to save the day and we don't get any there's no there's no pathos there there's nothing that comes out of that so ultimately what I'm left with is a very confused Incredibly muddled movie, which I think felt almost like two completely different movies stuck together, like someone wanted to do, like a kind of kind of creepy house movie with you know like a a girl is she is she you know something sinister is she is she not? And then it's like halfway through it they're like, no, a zombie movie obviously, uh, and we'll just link it in that she has the power to raise the dead, which is not. I mean, we don't even bother. Even remotely beginning to explain why that could necessarily even be a thing. It's just like, well, it's a thing. Um, I've talked a lot. I've talked almost 10 minutes here because I, I needed to get it out, Derek. I will say this, you did not shortchange this because I get told a lot, oh, what, this movie's really weird. And I sit down and I watch it and I'm like, well, I mean, it's a right, it's not normal, but is it that weird? And yeah, this one is, this one's all over the place. Um... Like you'd seen it before, you watched it again. Did it make more sense on a second view?
1: You know, it's actually weird that we connected this to the Janos movie because I have the same feeling that I do with Janos movies. It takes me like maybe a second or third mm-hmm. view to really appreciate them. Mm-hmm. And this one actually played a lot more better on a second view. For me,
0: uh-huh,
1: it's just like you said, the disconnected characters, which kind of threw me off with a lot of the Giannis movies, to be honest, <laughs> you know, it, you know, it takes me a little while to like actually follow these characters that are talking like this, you know, mm-hmm. like, like the main character in this movie is like, Hey, how you doing there? <laughs> I-, I love you. You know, it's like weird overdubbing. It's fucking oh, yeah. crazy fucking music. It sounds like a fairy tale sometimes. Then we enter, like, the thing I like about this movie, it's like a shitty, like, bad seed ripoff. And then (laughs) halfway through, they're like, let's just make it Nightmare City. (laughs) You know, let's have (laughs) shitty clay-faced, silver-painted zombies come out of nowhere.
0: Yeah, zombie stuff is, like, I'll I'll give them this. Like, they didn't necessarily tow the road that a lot of zombie movies were doing in 77. Yeah, I mean, exactly. They they, they they went their own way with it. I don't necessarily think it is the best way, but it certainly like it caught me off guard when I saw them. I was like is that what we're doing for zombies? But then I could throw the same accusation at um you know, Dawn of the Dead with the blue
1: the yeah. blue zombies.
0: So you could throw the same like I mean, it's different. It's clear that they're not alive. Um, yeah, and that and that's the main thing. It's interesting you mention like specifically things like uh, the bad seed and stuff. Like in terms of like 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 reading the back there, it mentioned the bad seed. It, mean, it mentioned let's Gear Jessica to death, and I don't think that's an apt comparison. Out with the fact that there is a softness to the lens work, like that you know the dream the dream stuff they're talking about here, the kind of dreamy woozy feel. Um, yeah. I think is indicative of a lot of a kind of slow burn 70s horror it was just i think it's just part of like we'll soften the the lens um because you know what's going to happen on the screen is going to be so fucking grim and i, I kind of get that as a technique or to you know to give that idea of a easy wooziness or whatever um yeah but that's as far as i would like in it i don't think i like i think like I let's scare Jessica's to death is like an infinitely better movie than this Um, you know just in terms but I've I've always had a soft spot for that movie Um, like you're you're talking about, let's go one step further, we're talking about disconnect with characters and acting and we're talking about batshit fucking crazy uh, score and weird sound effects Um, why do you think we spend so much time without zombies in this movie because this was the thing that really at the end of it I was thinking when do I, like I see a bit of death earlier in the movie but we don't actually get the you know the zom the zombie invasion that you want that you're paying for as someone that wants to see a zombie movie to much later on in this movie, and even Romero knows like I'm making a zombie movie that shit has to be on the screen relatively quick <laughs> like, like we need to, we need to because they're, they're slow moving and that's all like we don't get like a proper siege until, what the like, last ten minutes?
1: The the thing is. It's the way that the zombies are being used in this movie is because this little bitch, as I call her in the movie, because off the cuff, I'm like, oh, God, this girl's awful. She's going to be, like, the terror of the rest of this movie. Yep. is pretty much taking out everyone involved in her mother's death. Yes. she feels revolved around her mother's that's what I got from the plot of this movie
0: I picked up as well I thought I thought it was like a, she She somehow acquired this power through some sort of vendetta like she's willing it so much to happen that this is what's happening but like they don't go like the fact that we're saying we think that I think underlies the point that the movie doesn't really feel the need to and I'm fine with that I can read between the lines at times but it doesn't really yeah, need to thing- answer it
1: it, it it does kind of answer it, though, too, with that yeah. picture that we see her draw and mm-hmm. stuff, and it says you see X's and stuff. The thing that I think why we didn't get multiple zombies is because she's picking her victims off one by one, and uh, Len, the, the older brother, the reason why they all go after him at the time is because he leaves the premises.
0: Yeah. so you think if if he'd stayed in there he probably would have been okay because she wasn't aiming for him anyway it's only when he tried to escape he became like a target which makes sense actually that totally makes sense and I actually hadn't even thought of that and now that you mentioned it that actually makes a lot more sense because I I thought like I thought you know it's weird that you would go after your brother your brother clearly wasn't involved in anything to do with your mum's death Um, but yeah if if he's escaped the safe place then essentially it makes him walking meat so to speak um, yeah. Let me let me go this little let me go slightly off-piste in the pantheon of uh, weird creepy kids. How high up does uh, Rosalie rank? Because like from the moment the camera went on, and I was like, oh shit, <laughs> this must be the uh, titular child.
1: Oh my god! You know, if she the thing that I say about Rosalie is. I compare her to the kid from the Pit.
0: Oh, nice! These, yes,
1: these yes, two yes. kids—like these two—should become like a couple in their future years and Wait, raise other. She could,
0: she could be. She could be the. She could be the girl at the end of the Pit.
1: She. She could be, but instead of pushing <laughs> the dude, and I saying that they're going to marry and, and, and create more evil kids. You know. You know they have like the zombies and the triangle lights fucking join forces. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um right, let's 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 kinda let's kinda parse this out, right? So and I was thinking about this in terms of the, the context of like I said before, what I really enjoyed about box set number two is the fact that there is a clear disconnect between these three movies, right? Box set one, there was I mean they weren't all necessarily the same genre or the same feel, but there was a kinda a manicness about that first box set when you look at uh-huh. like Malatesta's very uncomfortable kinda of manicness about the kind of lo-fi cinematography. Uh, premonition once again kinda of, you know, brought over that kind of intensity through the Richard Lynch character. And then what you came from the sea, just at the the in the, the, the upfront brutalness of what that character's going through in the snap hour psychosis. Um, It's a very manic box set. We jump over to this box set and I feel that we have like three very, very different experiences, like very different experiences. Like you look at like um, our dream movie that we watched, which, you know, I kind of enjoyed the, the, you know, it's all in our head sort of aspect. And it was a lot softer in terms of the cinematography. And uh-huh. then, you know, you swing into the movie that we covered in the previous episode, in Dark August, um, and that once again had this kind of, well, howdy there, stranger, you know, like out in the countryside, calm, rural, like, location, um, yes, it had a bit of the, the Danny DeVito, as we call me, at the time, but, you know, it had you know, there's, there was a more kind of a deliberate laid-back tone. And then you swing at the child, which couldn't be any different if it fucking tried from those previous two movies. That I think, in terms of if Thrower's intention is to give you a real indication of how bizarre 70s uh, or how rich and bizarre 70s American horror is by picking off these different region areas and, and giving you this stuff, I think the child is a great example of that. What kind of struck out to me though is. I w- I'm not going to, when we get to the very end and rate this, it probably won't get as low as what it seems like I'm going to give it, because like I say, there are moments in here that I, that genuinely kind of caught me off guard, specifically the cinematography at the end, which I think is fucking great for the time, and in a lot of respects is really preempting some of the, the wacky techniques that Sam Raimi would use as he was moving on. Yeah. and also like we said before I really like the idea that you know the, the zombies are surprisingly memorable on this one even though they are few and far between and mostly because they're painted in silver I, I like those aspects I really liked how fucking bizarre and out there the score is but that being said though the rest of this movie is, is a bit rickety. you know what I mean it's, it's like I, I wouldn't want to lean on it with my weight because it would probably break if you know what I mean there are so many bits where it just feels like it kind of almost felt like at the beginning, like no one knew kind of how to make a movie, and by the end, it found their groove. Yeah, and it, it, it's so weird that you go. It almost feels like you're going through that experience as the movie's being made, and it kind of floored me in terms of the full experience that we went through. All six movies, right? Uh, you know, this being the final movie. Um, what do you think of this? Cause this is like the thing that struck out to me is if you're actually looking at time frames here, this one's the oldest, I think. I think all the other ones are 76 and before. So this is the this is the latest entry in yeah. all those movies. Yeah, it's the one that feels not amateurish. That's not a, not a nice word, but it does feel like the most Kinda, uh, we don't quite know how to make a horror movie out of all of them. That's including Malatesta, which is for all intents and purposes, we have a free open like old a, carnival a, here. Let's make a movie.
1: Yeah, the, yeah. The thing that it's it's weird because it's like a bookmark movie because I do kind of compare it to Malatesta in that sense. Where mm-hmm. that one was in that sense, and it's a good one to end on. Yep. You know, the, the things I know about this movie are interesting enough. Is like Henry Novak was the presenter of it he produced it you know he came out the same time around as axe did
0: oh god
1: <laughs> he, yeah he's the same guy who did axe and produced oh, this no, it,
0: right. it's all starting to make sense now
1: <laughs> you know you know I, it was the first time director came off the boat from iran and stuff and mm-hmm. you know uh actually they actually uh him and the produ- other guy that made this actually bonded because they even both have Armenian descent. Mm-hmm. is actually a very interesting aspect. Like, I'm thinking, like, this kind of does remind me of, like, a system of a down song, in a way, yeah. this movie. <laughs> you know, it starts out slow and has slow yeah. parts and then
0: it, it does start. feel, yeah, w- wake up, why don't, yeah. Uh, I can <laughs> see where you're going with it. It's all about kind of, bimsy and crazy. Like, the pacing is all off in this movie. Like, there are whole sections where, like, She's walking about the house and she's interacting with people, and then the next scene she's like dealing with a kid, and it just feels like someone's like that, like someone's in the background going quicker quicker
1: Then, she, then like the next scene later, she's off going horse racing. <laughs> the the brothers, you know, they're they're not going to go fucking the forest somewhere. You know, they didn't the show those scenes. It's like it's like Nicole Kidman in The Sacred Deer
0: when she's mm-hmm. just
1: jacking dudes off. Yep.
0: <laughs> when in Rome. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, you know, you know, I swear to God that the dude that made those movies saw this movie and was like, I'm going to do that in all my movies from now on. Well,
0: I was going to say, interestingly enough, this is the first movie out of the entire box set where I couldn't make a Rob Zombie connection.
1: Yeah,
0: you know. Like, at all. Like, everything in here, I could not make one connection. I was like, well, that feels like something. It's the only one out of all of them. Um, yeah, Yannis. Like, the thing about Yannis is he has he has a specific way of making movies, and I like them. I like them because the you know I, I instantly recognise one of his movies straight away. Whether it is something like Killing of a Sacred Deer, The Lobster, or even like the favourite, which I, I, I thought was like fucking incredible, and that one's more like a kind of British period piece. Um yeah. you know, like he has a very distinct style. Um, interesting that you mention. Axe, because Axe is the very I think it was the very first movie I watched for Doing the Nasty way back in the day 2014 and that was a first time watch for me and it was head scratching. Like it finished and I was like, I don't I don't know one why this is on a band list, two what I actually just if memory serves it was about like 60 minutes long or something, not a long movie at all. Um and you know like to see that kind of through line that you're talking about to this one there is there's flashes. There are flashes in this movie when I'm like that you know this is really fucking cool this is like really really cool what we're doing here and I appreciate low budget and I remember like that I didn't listen to the Stephen Thrower introduction for this one but you know like when he was talking about Dark August he specifically mentioned The Child as this example of well Night of the Loving Dead was a huge success um, in Pittsburgh I think that movie we made in Pittsburgh brings yep. yeah in yep. Pittsburgh uh, you know like a guy just going out there just making his movie and you know using the scenery and all the rest that all these other filmmakers in America just wanted to do the same thing and he specifically cited The Child as an example of that and the thing is the scenery here is really fucking interesting I just don't think we get enough of it at all and um, and then when we finally do get to the bits where I feel the movie, like I said before, finds its groove. It's like, this is what we're doing, strap yourself in, we're going to take care of you to the end. Uh, which I think they do really, really well. It just feels like the, it's, everything's been a little bit bizarre to get to that point. And it almost feels weirdly conventional at the end, compared to the weirdness you went through, if you know what I mean. Because this ultimately ends up like the same way that most zombie movies end up. You know, you in a, a zombie movie, you either die at the hands of the zombies, or you survive by by killing the last one trying to get to you, so you can live to fight another day. Um, and it kind of weirdly is a very, in fact, is one of the more conventional endings out of all these movies for for a movie which, for seventy five percent of its runtime, is one of the weirder movies we've covered. So I, I think that's quite interesting that they give they give you all the weirdness up front, and then it slowly slides into. Being a kind of very generic zombie movie at the end, Um, whereas all the other movies have went the other way, where it's been a a relatively interesting, safe start. And by the end, you're like, How the fuck did we end up with us killing our dog in the woods, um, dressed in double denim? You know what I mean? It's like, is that way where it's like so disparate from it that on some level I kind of appreciated it. Like, because there was so much in the movie where I was like, That once the zombies came out, I was like, I have no fucking clue how we're ending this based on everything else i'd seen and there was a, a one year to see a child die at the end by an axe which i mean that made me smile um but like also on top of that it, it does kind of just like the evil is now gone vanquished from this village <laughs> credits um yeah, yeah
1: so, you know the, the, you know there's some crazy like meatball effects too with that old lady's face turns <laughs> to like she's Looks like she's turning into the troll lady from fucking Labyrinth. <laughs> oh
0: god, she really does. She really does. It's it's so weird. It's it's really, really, really is. It is. I'll put it this way: it's one of those ones that I will remember. Like, see if someone mentioned, like you mentioned, Axelia, and I'm trying to recall bits and bobs of that movie. Uh, I can remember maybe a scene but not much. Uh, I don't think I'll forget anything in the Child um at all it felt that kind of as a memorable watch for sure i don't know if necessarily i would rush back at any great pace to watch it compared to some of the other ones i've seen in the box sets but it's it certainly certainly was an interesting watch and um, do you have anything else to say about this movie before we grade it and then i can finally reveal Finally, i actually have a
1: funny you. story about the child yes. it doesn't really involve me it involves a uh, two of my friends that you know you Moods and Zach, it's kind right. of funny.
0: <laughs> go for it.
1: The DVD for this was long out of print from something weird video. And uh, Zach picked up Moods a copy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, he's like, Zach's kind of slow of mailing stuff. I know this from personal experience. A year goes by, two years go by, and his moods is like jokingly around, Can you mail me the child? Can you mail me the child? Can you mail me the child? one day ends up happening Zach ends up yelling the child the day Moods gets the child in the mail this box set was announced
0: Oh, you're joking yes Oh fuck <laughs> fuck fuck that's that's <laughs> Sod's Law man honestly it is it, it happens not that often to me but it happens to Baz all the time like the, the this year is maybe my favourite like cause and effect of 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 the Baz syndrome that I like to call where he like went out his way to buy Zodiac because Zodiac used to be on Prime and then they removed it so he bought it and the week it arrived to him it got played on BBC in, in the UK so it was available on an iPlayer, so like a, a catch-up service, it then yeah. appeared back on Netflix, it's now back on Amazon Prime um, so all these sites that he pays for is now there and available uh, but he, he went away and... <laughs> <laughs> fucking- at least he liked the
1: movie, so at least he owns
0: it. Well, and the the effect, the Baz effect, has once again happened. Like the podcast under this stairs has a weird effect of kind of all on history. And today, the announced that one of the final ciphers um, that the Zodiac left has been deciphered. So, um, in the same year that we spoke about the movie. So, I'm going to take crazy. that as a as as those weird coincidences that pop up time and time again. Um, right? Let's 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 bring in for a grade here Um, I mean when I watch it I'm interested to see how much it changes when I watch it again like grade wise because I think you're maybe right I think there's something in here that I think now that I'm comfortable with the pace maybe you know a second viewing you know it it acclimates itself a bit better to me Uh, but as it stands just now is it my least favourite out of all of them It probably is, but I would still rate it the same as Dark August, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I'm coming in with a 3.5 for this one. I still there was still enough at the end that I was like, "This is fucking rad." And you know, like I, I was picking up little bits so that I thought were cool. So yeah, I'm going yeah, I feel that's right. I'm gonna give it a 3.5. Where are you going with this one, Derek?
1: I actually really like this movie, so I'm gonna give it a four. But oh, I can nice. see, you know, it has that it. It's definitely... Like, say if it was, like, in my first watch, I would probably give it the same rating you did. It's yeah. just... I think... Because I, I knew what I was getting myself into. This, I'm like, okay, i got to be prepared. Get fucking ready. Turn my phone off. You know, just pay attention. And I enjoyed some of the visuals, you know. It, it's weird, because this movie's kind of a dark movie, because it's badly lit. It's, like... It's Very bad,
0: there's, there's There's certain bits in this one where the screen... Like, is nigh on black in terms of what you can actually see, but the sim track is still going mental.
1: You know, it's crazy in that sense where I'm like, imagine watching this on VHS and there's nothing on screen, it's just a black (laughs) screen. You know, so I'm thinking, like, you gotta appreciate some of the transfers that work that they do in these movies. Oh, yeah,
0: definitely. I mean, Arrow's cleaned up quite a bit. Um, There is the grainy ass DVD rip of this on YouTube. Uh, probably the DVD that Mood's got. Um so there's a very grainy rip of it up there and to see the, what the arrow's done is is once again I mean it's a reminder that they do put a bit of care and consideration into movies that might not necessarily need that sort of care and consideration. But yeah. uh, it was it was yeah it was cool. It was cool to check it off. Um ooh, right uh, Well we're gonna have to do it. We're gonna have to do it. Um this is technically the last one, right, in the box set, yeah. and I did say to you that it was my turn to pick our next journey, um, and I've I, I kind of toed and throwed on this one quite a bit because I've got a lot of box sets, and um, I thought, what what is one that I wish, if I had the time to sit down and watch, I had done this, uh, knowing that there are only two in the box sets that's right, more than one box set Um, similar to this that I've actually ever seen before and the rest I have not Um, and the more I thought about this could be really interesting the more I really think this could be interesting so, and I'm hoping you've got these I think you do but if you don't we'll we'll work something out Um, but essentially where we're going next year and it'll probably be towards the end of January beginning of February uh, we are going to tackle um, a little, uh, a little indicator box set. So we're going back mm-hmm. to back to indicator, away from away from arrow back to indicator, and we're going to do the William Castle box sets. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you've got them you went silent, which makes you think you probably don't, uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll work something out here, Uh, but the William Castle box sets have uh, essentially eight movies in them, and William uh. Castle, I only know the first two in the first box set, and I've never seen any of the other ones, so the movies are The Tingler, 13 Ghosts, Homicidal, and Mr. Sardonicus uh, in box set one, and in box set two, Zot's. 13 Frightened Girls. This guy loved the number 13. Um, the Old Dark House uh, and Straight Jacket. Now, is that the same Old Dark House that I've seen before then? Or maybe some... I think
1: it's the remake. It's the remake of ah, the
0: parallel. Right, so I've never seen that one then. I've seen the original. So, yeah, so it's... So, we're basically... We're doing a, a time travel of William Castle at Columbia Pictures going from 1959 up to 1964... Um, we have eight movies, and like I say, of which I've only ever seen The Tingler and Thirteen Ghosts. Um, are there many on here that you've seen then? Is this a... There's, there's a bunch of them I actually have seen. Like, I've seen
1: pretty much the majority... I actually haven't seen the old Dark House remake. It's one that I haven't seen. I haven't yeah. seen Zot. I don't know what the hell that's going to be about. yeah,
0: Zot's. I don't have a fucking clue what that's about.
1: Yeah, you never know that fucking... It's gonna be about I'm just reading that description, you know. Uh, but you know, I see pretty much like some of the like, the iconic ones, like Thirteen Ghost, Tingler, yeah, Mister Sardonicus. Yeah, Sardonicus. Oh, Sardonicus, 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 yeah, yeah. Amadeus, Amadeus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Like I see this is one of these things that I know for a fact. Um, like if if I don't do it here, I will never watch them. I, I they'll just lie there and it's not because I don't want to watch them it's because I, I can't find the time um, and you know the time will be uh, towards the end of January and into February uh, but I'm looking forward to this it, it's taken us back further in time than we've done with the majority of the movies that we've covered um, but I'm kind of... I'll tell you what almost won out over this I almost won out over this uh, is the Herschel Gordon Lewis box set from Arrow Almost went over this, and then I was like, Can I stomach all that Herschel Gordon Lewis? And I was like, I don't, I don't think I can. I keep putting it off. One day, one day I'll do it, but. Um...
1: One day we'll be talking about the gruesome thing, which has a scene <laughs> where girls dance and eat fried chicken while they're dancing on beds.
0: Now we know for a fact that Rob Zombie saw that. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, but yeah, like I, I think this could it could be interesting. It's gonna def- it's gonna definitely tick off a blind spot in my knowledge, um, and it'll take us in a different direction. I mean, like him or loathe him, William Castle could direct the shit out of a movie. That was one thing he was actually really good. At. He was a really good director. Yeah. he just sometimes got lost in the gimmick. It's safe to say the gimmick was more important than the movie sometimes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's where we'll be going, uh, and I'm looking forward to doing it. Now, Derek, you have suffered through um, some recordings with me. Thank you very much for doing that. You've earned your break off over Christmas, uh, but you do other things, which does not mean you're going radio silent as soon as I hit stop here. There are other places that can, people can jump across and check out the work that you do. Uh, let the listeners out there know what is going down.
1: Sure. Of course, as usual, I... am the main host of cinema attack. Uh, by the time you hear this, our episode where we'd cover all three of the Santa Claus films should be out. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I actually marathoned all those in the same day. I watched this last movie. So that was a weird experience. watching <laughs> Tim Allen dancing the sharp dressed man and then silver zombies, you know, but, uh, no More Room in Hell. Uh, we, our new episode is out with UK ho- Subway Horror. We did mm-hmm. line and Creep. Mm-hmm. Good parent. I actually kind of helped Mike on that parent. So, there you go. I was like, well, good go. You know, Mike was like, what would good what would good go good with de- line Derek? I'm like, Creep. 2004, you know. <laughs> You know, I was trying to get my Merryman impression out, but it happened like, yeah, Jaws 4 was,
0: it was okay.
1: It was <laughs> solid, you know.
0: It's a good Merryman, I keep telling you. It's a good Merryman.
1: <laughs> and then, of course, uh, their hair podcast. Uh, we're pretty much taking a little bit of a break for the holidays, because Lacey's doing a lot of Christmas episodes with her other podcast, Cut to the Chase.
0: Yeah, and it, I have a... I think we're both featured on one by the, the yeah. time this goes out. Yours has already dropped. I think Ming's will have dropped by the time this comes out, so...
1: Nice, nice, yeah. You know, I got to say, fuck a lot on mine, because it's bad Santa. So.
0: <laughs> I got to flirt a lot with Dan, which is always a... Always a benefit when I get to record there. <laughs> so... There you go. <laughs>
1: just, this this show is turning into a challenge. You know, we started off crazy. Yeah, that's know. what I'm saying. It's
0: like... It's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> I it's a podcast imitating movie. Um, I love it. I love it. Um yeah i mean like i say like we kind of properly connected doing stuff this year um for these kind of box set recordings and i've thoroughly enjoyed doing them and i'm really looking forward to continuing off to next year so uh, i just want to thank you very much for for jumping across and And doing this with me, like I say, if anything, you're making my wife happy in that I am watching things I buy, but she thinks I am buying uh, needlessly because I will never watch them. So, you're it helps me, too, in
1: that sense, too, because there's you know, I want to dig into like special features and stuff, and some Mm of these, and I'm like, I have been doing that, so that's always good in that sense
0: definitely man, definitely, I'm looking forward to coming back and and discussing a bit of William Castle however, I'm going to first take my final break of this show when I come back, I'm closing it out and I'm doing it right after this you're listening to the podcast under the stairs podcast under the stairs this has been episode 262 the final movie the sixth disc in the american horror project thank you very much to my guest derek for joining me to discuss all these movies but especially to discuss the child on this episode we will return early next year with our box set reviews uh looking at the william castle box sets by indicator i also am happy tenants i will be doing one of these over the next couple of weeks as well uh, with our, our good buddy Dave Parker who's jumping across to do a box set himself cashing in that golden ticket from the great work he did as an adjudicator earlier on this year and officially being welcomed under the stairs very much looking forward to that as well there's a multitude of ways to check out the show wherever you're listening to right now. Hit subscribe, that way you never miss any of the shows we put out and get access to the over 800 episodes of Podcasts Under the Stairs. Subscribe to the t Collective, you get access to over 100 episodes there, a combination of doing the nasty, a little bit of where to begin with Jallo, some Chronicle and Opera Omnia as well. Visit our website, teapotscast.com. You can jump across to our merch page, tpuckscast.bigcartel.com. On Facebook, we're facebook.com forward slash groups, forward slash cast the teapots collective's facebook page is just simply facebook.com forward slash cast. you can reach out and touch myself and the baz on the twin prongs of social media sexiness instagram and twitter both can be followed at cast. the podcast under the stairs will return for you tomorrow dear listeners to do a little bit of Bong Joon-ho action. That episode is just a ball here under the four hour mark so hopefully you enjoy what we put down. I had a ton of fun discussing quite simply some absolutely breathtakingly good cinema so hopefully you enjoy the conversation but until then wherever you are what the time's on is and what you're up to in this big bad world of ours please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs and I am signing off. looking none so Hell
1: yeah <laughs>